We welcome you to the Romantic Truth Podcast, where you think before you love. Please feel free to subscribe and listen on Anchor, Audible, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, CastBox, Podcast Addict, Breakers, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Deezer, or your browser. Be sure to share a link with a colleague, family member, or friend. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is for mature audiences due to the sensitive nature of subject matter. Think before you love is the Romantic Truth Podcast motto. You will not get slapped here, we promise. Hi everyone, Jocelyn here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. Now what we're going to do on this particular episode, we're going to discuss debt, finance, and your relationship. These are things that you will need to look at and understand before you get into a relationship, hopefully. So those of you from 0 to 18, 19, 20, 21 years of age, please listen up, even those of you a little bit older. Now, before you even think about taking out a student loan, the first thing you need to look at is to decide on what you want to be when you grow up. In other words, what profession are you pursuing? The next thing you need to do, look and see what the median salary is for that profession in the zip code that you're going to work in. That gives you a thumbnail of what you should be making. And start out with entry level to see. Now, we know that's going to be low. So you'll be looking at 45, maybe 50,000 a year. Might be a little bit more, depending on where you live. Don't Take on the foolish mindset of, well, I'm only getting 45000 a year here in Vegas. I could go to New York and I could make 115000 Because what's going to happen is with that one fifteen, it's going to be eaten up without the cost of living. So you want something that you're already familiar with, an area you're already familiar with. Now, the next thing you want to do is, now that you've chosen what field you're going to go into, what career you want to pursue, you want to look for the most economical and best institution that will provide that education for you. Now, here's the thing. Staying local will help you more so than going out of state because in some universities you got to pay out state fees and all of that. So the tuition is going to go up exponentially. So you may want to look at something local. So you don't have to worry about the out-of-state tuition. You have a certain rate per credit or per uh, quarter hour. And that will give you a thumbnail as to where you are. Now, you want to get the best value for the least amount of money. Don't get hung up on the university's name. I will tell you that up front. That has sent a lot of people to financial ruin. You want to be looking at what you will be able to learn and use effectively. Now, college is different from high school in that the responsibility falls on your shoulders. Those professors do not care whether or not you finish your homework, whether or not you turned it in. You're just another number to them. Because a lot of people are under the impression that graduate from high school, that college is going to be a continuation of high school. It's not. Now, here's where most people fail when they go to college. 
they will usually only enroll to get the Pell Grant and maybe to start financial aid. And they look at that as free money and they take whatever's left over after the books and tuition and they pocket that money and spend it. And some have no intention of finishing school. A lot of them drop out early. They think the debt has gone away, not from the Pell Grant, because the Pell Grant doesn't have to be paid back. However, the student loan does with financial aid. So keep that in mind. So if you only went a year, a couple of semesters or whatever, if you had to go into that financial aid money where you had to borrow, that's going to stick with you. Now, here is the thing. It's best to have the mindset of completing your education if you start. That will have a great impact on how employers perceive you. Because what they will look at, they're going to hire a guy, no matter how much experience you have, if you only have like 23 credits towards your degree, and the other guy doesn't have as much experience as you do, but he's finished the curriculum, they're going to hire him or her more so than you. Based on the premise that this person starts something and they finishes, they finish it. That's what they look at. Now, another thing, and you don't have to break the bank, because there are some schools that you can go to that are pretty reasonable. You want to make sure that the school you go to is regionally accredited. You have a lot of universities online that are not. For those of you questioning, University of Phoenix is regionally accredited. Not an endorsement, just a fact. You want to check and see what schools are. That's going to be important as well. Especially if you're going into academia or you're going into a field where it's going to require you to get more advanced education. It's going to help you. Now, another thing too. You want to create a budget as a student. If you can stay at home with your parents while you go to school, that's the best deal. The reason being, you're cutting your overhead immensely. And that's going to help you out. Some of you will have to work. They will have programs such as work study that you can also go and do that will reduce your tuition. They may have scholarships available. And when I say scholarships, folks, you have to do the research yourselves. Go online, see what scholarships are offered at the university. See what scholarships are offered based on other organizations your parents may be a member of. They may be a member of some sort of a legacy organization, for instance, Kiwanis Club, something like that. They may have money set aside for scholarships. See if you can qualify for those. Also, your grades, they may qualify you for a scholarship. If you're an athlete, an athlete that may help you as well. Now, another thing too. You'll probably start receiving your notices for payment being due around the six months after you graduate. Now, during this period of time, if you're at home, use that to your advantage. Because what this is going to do is allow you enough time to get accustomed to paying the student loan so you have a better idea where your debts are. Don't get tempted, because a lot of people do, when the university may cut you a check because they usually ask for more money for your tuition than you need. It's just like with car loans. You're thinking that they're going to write a check just for that specific amount for that car that's on that sticker. 
No, they're going to have some leeway to go over that. That's the reason why a lot of the dealers try to sell you, upsell you certain things, warranties and those kind of things, because they have enough room to play with. The same thing happens when it comes down to your student loans, when it comes down to the banks lending money. What they don't want is the university coming back asking every 15 or 20 whatever weeks or whatever to give you more money, to give them more money. So instead, they will do it. Now, when the school cuts you a check after your tuition and books and everything are paid for, hang on to that money if you can. That's the reason why I suggest you live at home. The reason why I say hang on to that money is because some schools will come back and say, well, you know, before you get your diploma, you owe this much. So make sure before you get there. I got lied to in my master's program on that same um, subject matter. It's to help you out. Now, the reason why you also want to save that money and not go out and buy a car with it, not go out and get your hair and nails done and go to Hawaii or something like that is because of the fact that you'll need that money later on. You can put it away in an investment account, savings account, somewhere safe where you will have access to it, but yet it's earning interest. Start you a life insurance policy that has a cash value. You can get them for as low as $50 to $100 a month. Doesn't have to be a large amount. You just want to make sure you have that. The reason being most life insurance policies, even though you're covered, your insurance broker will tell you you're covered, some policies, most policies, won't actually pay out the full benefit unless you are with that policy for 24 months. In other words, you can't afford to die within 24 months after you start it. They don't tell you that. You'll find out the hard way if you're not careful. So you want to have that going so that your parents don't have to go and get a GoFundMe or anything like that. Now, here's the thing. If you can do it, you may want to be working while you're still going to school. This is going to help you because after you get your diploma, there's a good possibility once your company finds out that you got a degree, there's a good possibility you may excel in that company. So even if you left that company, you started out as, we'll say, a customer service representative. You get the degree, now you're up to a supervisor. If you were to leave that company, you would be going to another company looking for a supervisorial or managerial position. You wouldn't need to go backwards. You would go forward. Now, another thing too, if you work for a company that's going to pay for your college tuition, understand that you have to have a commitment. It can be anywhere from four to seven years that you'd have to work for them. But that's okay. If they are going to shoulder the burden of sending you to school, that's an education. That's something that can't be taken away from you. And you could apply that further in your future to make more money. So that's an asset that you're acquiring and you're still getting a paycheck and they're covering the cost. The only thing you have to do is be committed to stay on the job. And again, after you get the degree, companies look at you differently. They look at the fact that why hire outside? We've invested in this employee. Let's see whether or not we could put them in a better position because they're trying to retain assets. That's the reason why they send you to school because you're valuable. You have a value to that company at that point. Now, 
another thing too, credit card debt. If you're going on campus, they're going to try to inundate you with getting a credit card. Don't do it. If you do get a credit card, you want something with a very low maximum credit limit. something that you could pay off in a payday because this is very addictive and what a lot of these credit card companies will do as you pay the bill off they'll increase your credit oh you know you for 35 more dollars or 50 more dollars will increase your credit limit up to don't fall for it stay within your means you want to always live below your means or within them but preferably below them because in this way, you have more assets at your disposal than you would overextending yourself with debt. Now, true enough, there are going to be things that are going to impress you that you would like to engage in. You have to be very careful on this because some of your peers are going to wind up in debt and a lot of them are going to wind up in bankruptcy because they're overspending and then they get to a point they realize that they have gone further then their earning potential will measure up by the time many of those debts are due. They'll wind up with bad credit, those kind of things. You don't want to be in that category of that group. When it comes down to an automobile, look at your options first. Go online, price compare. If you're going to have a car that you don't want to necessarily keep for a long time and don't want to deal with the maintenance on it, you may want to look for a lease with a vehicle where you can get out of that lease and get into another car with the minimal amount of money you would have to come out of pocket with. That will help you a lot. Now, because you're basically renting the car is what you're doing. And of course, they have their guidelines. You read the contracts carefully. Have your parents go with you. So in this way, you will have other people to put their input concerns and ask questions. This will help you immensely. Now, the other thing, you want to start applying for jobs in your senior year. You want to start using your constituency and connections around your sophomore year, your second year in college, where you're learning from different people. You may strike up a pretty good interaction with your professors. These are people that will be able to help you position yourself going forward. Now, when you get into your junior year, you're going to be working with your major. In other words, the field that you're going to definitely specialize in. I would strongly suggest that those instructors are going to be vital to your future. Learn from them. Maybe talk with them, have a session with them where they could help you with the resume, that kind of thing the cover letter, the presentation. These things are vital. Now, I would say be very careful when you're dealing with recruiters. Let me tell you one thing that we used to discriminate, and I hate to say that word, but that's what we used to do, against candidates who used to apply for the companies I worked for. Some of these recruiters have a bad habit of what is called raking. They'll go and take a job description from a company and just grab it, put it down there, highlight it, cut and paste it, send you the email and say, put some of these words and things in your resume. Now, the sad thing about it, a lot of those people would literally paste 
job description, duties and everything into their resume. And when they would send it to us, we had software that would actually filter out people that had that like type of uh, data provided. It was really crazy to see that. And you'll say, oh, they got that from so-and-so. Oh, when? Mm -mm. You want to be creative in the sense that they want to see the representation of you. On your resume, if you're a student and you're just starting out, this is what you could do if you have a job. Lead with the job instead of your education. Now, a lot of people would say, no, lead with your education first. No, the reason why you don't want to do that is if you don't have a job, you'd lead with your education. If you do have one, put it there. Because what that employer sees then is potential growth. Oh, this person has invested in themselves by going to college. They're working in this capacity, this capacity now. And this gives them an option to see where you would like to go. So when they call you into the interview, they may be asking you questions about your future plans, your future endeavors, because they're seeing the correlation between where you, what you went to school for, their company, and what you're doing now. And you have to tie all three of those together to let them know that, hey, I'll be an asset for your company. And what they like to see is tenacity. Well, where do you see yourself in this company in about five years? Common question. Well, the position you want, you tell them. Well, I see myself coming in as a network administrator and then working my way up from there as a project manager. What you're doing is you're letting them know that you have a career path already laid out for yourself. They like this because it means longevity to them. It means stability. You're not the kind of guy that's probably going to come in there and just work a couple of weeks or six months and then leave. You don't want to do that. If you have a shoddy resume, anything less than six months, really six months is not recommended, but anything less than six months, don't bother putting it on there. That means if you have a whole bunch of chopped up jobs on your resume, Home Depot, Office Club, going on and on and on, you have all these and you the culmination of all those jobs come down to one year, it's going to be hard for you to get hired. That's the reason why you would do by leading with your education in a situation like that. But understand one thing, you're going to have to stabilize your employment at some point. And if you have multiple jobs like that, just put one job down there, or two jobs that you have done that give you good references don't want to have that whole plethora of other jobs. I know it may make you feel good and sound impressive because you had all these job titles and you work for all these companies, but overall, they look at that as a detriment. They look at that negatively. Now, a couple of other things. Some of you will decide to graduate from school and go into your own business. Get a job first. The only reason why I say this is because you will always be able to go back to that employment sector if you need to. You don't want to start out working for yourself, coming out of school. It's going to be much harder for you to get a job and make that crossover. And the reason being, 
the way employers look at it, oh, you probably formed bad habits because you had total autonomy in your organization, your company. You may have problems when it comes down to power structure, when it comes down to uh, taking certain tasks on because you're accustomed to saying, yeah, no, doing whatever the hell you want. So you'd build, you'll be dealing with more of a structured environment. Another thing that I used to always see, and I don't know why people would do this, do not come to a job interview in your pajamas. Do not come to a job interview wearing blue jeans and a T-shirt. Don't come to a job interview dressing like you just came out of a nightclub, ladies. Seriously. Because this is one thing they're going to look at, especially if you're going to be a client-facing employee. They, uh-uh, they don't want to see that. Come professional. Please do. Other things that may help you along the way. Build up your wardrobe. Professional attire. Because looking the part and being the part will get you farther. And you got to understand a couple of things. Your vernacular. Don't go in the interview cussing. Please don't. Don't go in the interview putting your feet up on the person's desk that's interviewing you. I've seen it done. It has happened to me. Seeing people come in, put the feet up on the damn desk. You got to have some sort of decorum. Now, the questions they ask you, you want to answer them completely. You know the four questions I always tell you to work on when you're talking about dating someone? Who are you? What's your purpose? What are your strengths and weaknesses? What are your intentions? You will find that many employers will ask questions in those categories. I want you to tell, tell them about yourself, about who you are, maybe about your family, maybe about your background, maybe about your experience. And then there's some interviews where they may be totally abstract. I've gone into interviews for an IT job, and this man did not talk one time about IT. You know what he spoke about? Russian history. Had I not taken courses in history, in school, I'd have been screwed. It all depends. And I asked them after I got hired, why did he hire me? We didn't talk about it. He said, I looked at your resume and I checked out your credentials. He said, so there was no question there that you could do the job. So the only thing I was looking at is what kind of personality and fit you had within the organization. And this is one word you will become very familiar with, F-I-T. You could have everything on paper, but you got to have that fit to really coexist in that environment. They don't want someone that they have to change the whole, the whole ecosystem for. Because you'll be picked a troublemaker, and then there's a good possibility you'll never get promoted. They'll figure out a way not to promote you. These are some of the things that will just help you get started. But before you do, make sure it's something you want to do and you're going to commit to it. 
Same thing if you're going to vocational school. You want to make sure you're making a firm commitment to complete it because that's going to have a reflection on what people perceive you to be. You come in there, oh, went to the University of so-and-so, completed two years of college. Did you get a, an associate degree from it? Did you get a certificate, diploma, something? If they see that you just went and had those credits, you're an also-ran. They're going to look for someone with a degree. Another thing, too, some companies, smaller companies, are more flexible if they can't find someone with a degree. Larger corporations usually stick by what they put in. And the reason why is because of the fact that they need people with this training and this education for a specific reason. More in a moment, folks. May 10th, 2021. If you happen to podcast this email, you do not have my permission to use my name or company. I work in a call center in the southwestern part of the country. Last night, the calls were slow, so they started letting people go home early. This is very normal on the graveyard shift. Finally, it was just me and my supervisor on the production floor. It was no secret that she had gone through a very bad divorce. Around 7.15 p.m., she told me to go to lunch. She followed me to the elevator. We begin to talk about how slow things were. That's when she asked me where was I going for lunch. I told her and she asked me if she could come along. We ordered our food to go and sat in the car eating. She then said I had something on my lip and she took a napkin and wiped it while kissing me. We locked lips and my fingers went inside of her. We parked in the back of the building and she went down on me. I know that I've crossed the line with her and things are going to be complicated from here on out. I hate to say it but we have caught feelings for each other. It is going to be a matter of time before we're fired unless we keep things on the down low. I need some idea as to how to make this thing work. Please don't lecture me about what is wrong. Call center dude. Somewhere in the southwest. Alright, let's deal with a few realities here. I worked in a call center, so I know what goes on. And they're good things, bad things, some things that never should be at the call center. Okay. For you, sir, she had her eye on you for a while. Now, it just so happened you were the only person there besides her that didn't take time off. I don't think the money was that important to you. I think what it had to do with, I think you personally liked her. And I think that she kind of liked you and that was the nexus for the two of you to be together. Now, she realized in the elevator she had to make the first move when she asked you where you were going to lunch. Then when she asked to tag along, that's when she was putting herself in your space. Now, most companies, of course, have policies where something like this were to happen, and she was supposed to just not even be around, right? When she made the move on you, 
By the time you had something on your lips and she kissed you. What that was, it was the frustration and all of the love and all of the passion that she would normally give her husband. She's giving you. So with this said, she's having that emotional affair with you. She probably already had it before she got to that point. Because she probably had to build herself up to get to that point to make that move. And now that she has made that move, you can't unring a bell. And she realizes this. So she's going to own what she's done. And the way she went full bore with it was the fellatio with you. Now here's the thing. Expect her at some point to have some buyer's remorse and try to talk her way out of this. She might say something like, I don't want to fall in love right now, I don't want to be in a relationship right now, etc., etc. Here's the thing. If you want to be with her, just say, hey, you know what? I'm here as a friend. I know you're going through a divorce. And maybe things can work out later. I personally think what she's doing is reaching out to you. She needs a support mechanism. That's what it comes down to. And this may be an awkward way of trying to do it, but this is what she's trying to get from you. Now, you can expect this to be a recurring thing with her as far as sex, and eventually she's going to get to the point where on her days off, She's going to try to spend them with you. And I know exactly where you are. I know what call center you work for. And you're here in Vegas. And I can tell you, you'll do good if you get two days off in a row where you are. Usually, they're going to be staggered. Because this place is notorious for not having days off together. For those of you who don't know, no listening, in Las Vegas, like in many other 24-hour cities, a 9 to 5 is a blessing. Most people wind up working crazy hours, 3 to midnight, that kind of thing. And the sad thing about it, a lot of them will let their lives pass away because the way it works here in Vegas, you could have a five-day work week, but that five-day work week includes weekends. So in essence, you might have Monday off and Wednesday off, but you have to work Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I'll be jacked up, especially if you're working graveyards or some other shift. Now, the one thing about Vegas, the majority of the jobs don't require a college degree. I mean, at least, I would say 96% of them don't. And so even if you have a degree in most of these jobs that were required, it's about who you know. So, at least you don't have any major career decisions to worry about. Guys get fired there, you can always find another job in a call center. It's not hard to do. Now, here's the thing. 
the two of you have to decide on what you're going to do with your future. And what I would say to you is this, even though she's still married, you may want to put that seed in her head because it seems as though the two of you are going to wind up being together, whether you like it or not. And the only reason why I say that is because if you were repulsed by this morally, you would not have let her go down on you, would not have let her kiss you. She wouldn't have been in your car. So we know that that, by your behavior, that is not part of the equation. So it looks like what's going to happen is you're going forward. So, in essence, prepare yourself. What this means also, I don't know if she has children or not, you're going to have to make space, time, and room in your life for them as well. But she's probably not going to introduce you to them until later on, hopefully if she's smart. She needs to get her legal business taken care of first before she starts dealing with you. It's very important. Because the one thing you don't want is this. You don't want someone who still belongs to someone else. And when I say belongs to someone else, they're in a contract with them. Marriage is a contract. And here's why I say this. Because at any point she can acquire assets and if he decides to divorce her boom but apparently they're in the process so you just need to be the support mechanism on the sidelines she's going to probably come over your place to vent she's probably going to come over your place to have sex whatever you do don't get her pregnant don't even mess around with that. Don't even entertain that idea right now. Make sure you wear your condoms. She's got to have all kinds of birth control. Whatever it takes. IUD, pill, plan B, whatever the hell. You don't want to have a kid in this situation. It will complicate the divorce matters. Yeah, you don't even want her to show up even pregnant. Goodness. Now, another thing too. At some point, expect her to look for a bigger place for the two of you because right now you're in your place. And so she's going to be looking in that direction. And what she's going to do is more than likely avoid everything that's reminiscent of her marriage. So don't be surprised if she throws away all of her clothes and gives them away and gets in a wardrobe, new hairstyle. Um, a lot of personal changes. Sometimes women will do this when they feel better about themselves, especially if they've started an extramarital affair or another relationship. They just have that spark of energy to do it. So don't be surprised that takes place. And now another thing too to keep in mind. with this understand that you're on another level of responsibility you gotta look out for her and probably her children if she has any and it's gonna fall on your shoulder and then through it all you may have to have a relationship with the children's father 
depending on how visitation goes in the courts. Now, one thing that I strongly advise you not to do, do not show up to court with her. Do not get involved with her domestic situation. That's not your job. But wait until they clean up the legal mess between them before you get involved with her. As far as being seen openly with her. It can damage you in so many ways. As well as her. But there are a lot of considerations you got to go through. Are you ready for this? How's your patience? Because dealing with children, if she has them, that's going to be required. You got to deal with the emotional healing. Now, understand one thing too. She's transitioning from a marriage into a relationship. Usually, most women would take a break just so that they can recalibrate, assess what they've gone through, make the adjustments in their own personality, get their self-identity back, or portions thereof, and then go forward. With you, she's going to be doing this in real time. So she's leaving one relationship for another. And my question to you is, are you perceiving a needy person? Just curious. Because if you are, that could be the very same premise. Their divorce began over. Just something for you to think about. Because I think personally, you're moving a little bit too soon. It's okay for her to move soon like that, but not you. Take your time. And let her know, hey, I'm here for you. Just let it go. Another thing, cool it on any interactions in the office. And even going to lunch, because here's the reason. In many of the call centers, they have cameras. Parking lot cameras, name it. And so a lot of times, people forget that. I remember when I worked at one call center that remained nameless that's not in Las Vegas. It was a situation where these individuals had intimacy going on. I mean, deep intimacy, if you know what I mean, going on. And they didn't realize that they were being taped right there in the parking lot surveillance camera going boom and of course they were let go I have an email that I'm going to have Natalie through the synthesized voice do and it relates to this particular topic in a way that you're talking about as well but in any case sir Mr. Anonymous call center dude or call center guy, whatever the hell you are. The only thing I can tell you is heed some of the considerations that I gave you. Let that marriage die off first before you get involved. Take care.
All right. So what we discussed so far is those of you from zero to about 21 or 22 talking about going to college. Now, some of you want to stay in school and be a professional academician. In other words, you want to stay in school, get your master's degree right after your bachelor's. I would strongly advise you to work a little bit before you take on that added expense. Get a little experience under your belt in the field that you're planning on going into so that by doing so, it makes you a little bit more aware of where you're headed. For instance, when I was going to school, I went for, my, I went for an associate first, and it was in pre-law, but it came down to a lot of liberal arts courses that I took, business courses that I took, legal, did a couple of those. And then I went on for my bachelor's, which was going to be in information technology. Now you'll ask, why did you major in that to go into IT? Well, there were crossover on a lot of areas. One, I understood contracts very well. And that was one thing that I would need when it came to IT. You know those end-user agreements that you see, those EULAs, E-U-L-A's, to interpret those and understand those and how to write them. The other thing I had to keep in mind, I had to look at my experience with media and how it would be integrated in the IT realm. So these things helped me along the way. Now, the thing was, we still had to take the general ed courses, philosophy and all the rest, and that only enhanced me a little bit more. Now, here's the thing. By going for my bachelor's, I got that. I work just like I worked after my associate. And the thing was, as I did this, I worked in the field. And then I started to realize, well, okay, I'm going for my MBA. And I had to make the correlation. The correlation well, how is this bachelor's in information technology going to help me with an MBA in international business? Well, what was the nexus? The nexus was we're connected globally by the web, right? And in that field of IT, I'll be dealing with international teams. So that meant that I had to have a certain acumen when it came down to international business. But you'll be dealing with other teams that have different um, requirements. I would also need some management expertise. And the reason for that is because as you become a project manager, as you go up the ranks, you will have to be a leader. So I had to make the correlation between all of those in order to make the decision to go forward. And so it was much easier doing so. Now, when it comes down to your master's, a lot of you may go in thinking that I'll just go get my master's degree, go get my PhD, and I'll make all this money. Well, I hate to disappoint many of you. With a PhD, more than likely you're going to be an academician, a teacher, or an instructor of some sort. You may have your own practice in whatever discipline you're in, or you may just wind up being a researcher for one of these corporations, like the Rand Corporation, where you're crunching numbers and doing analysis. I know you may want to go for it for the prestige, but 
let's bring it back a little bit. You need to go for the practicality of usage. So let's say, for instance, you got your bachelor's. We'll say it's in business administration. And you're now a manager in the company you work for. You started out as a customer service rep, and now you've worked your way up. You're having more of an income. You're able to have a better handle on your bills. You're budgeting well. And now you want to go for your master's in order to get up in the executive ranks. Take, for instance, you might go for your MBA. Now, one thing to keep in mind with an MBA, uh, JD, those are what are called professional degrees. And now, and that includes MD as well. And what that means is that at that level, you're going for something that's a specialized you're not going for something generic uh, masters of science and social work that's another one clinical social work MSCW anything that you can have your own practice out of pretty much so now let's say you go on and you get the MBA and you're going now and trying to get an executive position in the organization you work for well they pass over you They've been so used to you being a manager there, they can't envision you as an executive. And some companies are like that. So what do you do? You don't become complacent and then just stop growing. You start applying for other companies that will actually look at you on that level. Now, true enough, you'll be a junior executive probably when you start out with those organizations. But the thing is, is that you're moving forward. You're peaking on your income. You're not just being static and you're also advancing your career. Now, as you go up this ladder and you're done with education now and you're trying to pay off all this debt, the clock is ticking. You wanna have your debt paid for school by 55. Your mortgage, you want to have that done nowhere between, no longer than 65. So that means that at this point, you're looking at purchasing a home if you haven't started already with your bachelor's. You're locked in a good interest rate. Your monthlies are affordable. And you're going forward. Now, you remember that money I told you that you would need to hang on to from school? It's still earning interest. You haven't touched it. As you're going forward, you have the 401k at your company. You want to max that out, open you up an IRA, Roth IRA, max that out. Don't try to play around with the stock market with individual stocks. Not a good idea. Let the amateurs and the people that want to do that, the day traders, do that crap. You have no time for it. Stay away from Bitcoin, any kind of speculative investment. If it's not backed, stay away from it. I'm just telling you this. Now, going forward, as you look for a partner, certain things you don't want to look for. You're not looking for someone that has not invested in themselves as you have. This is the reason why a lot of these women talking about a high value man and they have three or four kids 
and only a high school diploma, they get left by the wayside. Nobody's interested in that. Let's just be truthful about it. They could be as fine as they want to, means nothing. The other thing too, you want to avoid anyone that's always just bragging about you and your career and what you're doing. They're patronizing you so they can get on your good side. These people will wind up more than likely being a detriment and a liability. You want someone who has something to lose, someone who's risked like you have. And with this, if you find that person, you have something to build on. Now, that person may not be in the packaging you want. That guy may not be the most handsome guy. That woman may not be the most attractive woman. She may be very plain Janish. But what you're looking at is the quality of the person. This is where integrity, trust, and all those things I talk about come into play. So that you can make a better choice as you're going forward. Now, one thing I get a lot from people that write in, especially the cynics, they write in a lot. Yeah, well, you know, you're just telling these people this just to make money. There's no money to be made. I'm financed. It's costing me money to even talk on this mic right now. But we get that every once in a while. Because what you have to remember, when you're doing something constructive, some people are prone to be destructive because they didn't do it, they didn't think of it, so therefore the envy sits in. That's going to happen with many of you as you become successful. Those people you left by the wayside and outgrown because you're not hanging out in the clubs anymore, you're going to conferences, you're going to meetings, you're constantly advancing your career while they're marking time where they are. These are the people that eventually come to you and try to get a job. These are the people that will eventually try to make you feel guilty for going on with your life and leaving them behind. You will have to become accustomed to that. That includes friends, that includes families, that includes your best homie, that includes your girlfriend, ladies, because those people will hold you back. They're not going to advance with you. They're going to take you back into that environment. This is the reason why people leave. You've got to separate yourself from it. And of course, they're going to make you feel as though you're being better than they are or whatever. They're doing this for one fundamental reason. Because they were comfortable when they could use you in the capacity that you were in. Now that you're in a different light going forward, they don't have as much access. And therefore, they don't have the influence they used to have. And you will find people will get pissed off at you when they lose that influence over you because that's what they liked in order to control you. Remember what I told you before. The hardest thing in your life is to control your own life. There's so many influencers out there trying to get it. Now, with this, what's going to change? Your political views are going to change. Your standard of living is going to change. Your perception of religion is going to change. Not that it's going to be bad or anything like that, but it's going to have its place. Other things will happen. You'll be able to decipher whether or not something is for you or not more comprehensively 
because at that point in life, you have no time to be messing around. And usually around 35 is when you get to that point. This is when you take yourself the most serious of any time in your life. Because from 35, you already know, okay, I only have about, what, 25 more years, maybe 30 years in order to get myself together where I'm out of debt, where I've got money put away for retirement, and where I can retire comfortably. Now, as you go on, you may acquire a family, have children, those kind of things. And what's going to happen is that's going to cut into of course, your financial uh, portfolio. Because after all, now you're feeding more people, you're taking care of a wife, or she's you know, contributing to helping taking care of a husband, and part of the income's going in, and you guys are working on it. So this is the reason why it's essential to find someone you can trust. You're gonna have joint bank accounts. This person's gonna have access to your uh, life insurance just in case something were to happen. They're going to have access to your retirement and other benefits that you may have along the way. All these things are essential. So you have to make the best choice for the partner that you select to marry and to be in your life at this stage. You don't have any time for BS. You don't have any time for this person to try to now go out and do things that may set both of you back. In other words, taking risk. If you're a risk taker where you're constantly a day trader going out and investing in things, that kind of thing, you may come out better single because there are not too many people that are going to be up for that ride. Now, another thing you have to keep in mind, you also don't want to be with a person who's going to hold you back in the sense of you're up for a promotion in the company and your partner's telling you, no, I don't want, I don't want to move there. Let's just stay here. Well, here's the thing. There are consequences for turning down a promotion in the company sometimes. Sometimes it means you may not get promoted again or may not be looked upon that way. Or it could be that they're getting ready to let you go. So you have to weigh the odds to see if it would benefit you to do so. Now, when you get around into your 40s, 45, 46, at this point in your life, you should be focused on getting rid of debt. That should be your main focus. You're trying to minimize all of the major debt, your student loans, your cars, your mortgage. The mortgage is the only thing you want to have surviving at this point. Now, I know some of you are saying, well, what about the kids? Well, you can start a college fund for them while you're working, if you'd like to. Or else what you can do is Look at their grades, encourage them to go on, apply for scholarships early while they're in high school. So they could probably wind up with something where they get a free ride. Now, another way you can do this as parents, you can go to work at a university at an early age. By the time you make it up the ladder, your education is paid for, first of all, because most universities will let you go to school for free, working for them. And then not only that, you got a paycheck and in some cases, they'll let your children go for free, but you only have to pay for the books. Tuition is free. So you want to take advantage of that opportunity also. You have to think out of the box and look at your options, see what's available for you. Now, 
Some of you have asked about what if I go and take on teaching as to offset my student loan. I've heard this before. You're going to have to work 10 years in a place where maybe education is not really a, how can I best say, well thought out or a thing that is not doing so well in the community in which you'd be working. In other words, they may have a high dropout rate or something of that sort, and the salaries are going to be kind of low. So you may have to deal with that under that program. They have other requirements, but you do have to stay about 10 years in that program before that debt is forgiven. Now, with student loan debts, you'll see a lot of uh, articles out there. I would strongly advise you to go to the U.S. Department of Education .gov's website and not listen to hearsay online because I've seen some articles and they didn't quite tell you everything. Like, for instance, if you happen to become disabled and get on Social Security, they've allocated enough money for people who have done that where they could go and have their debt forgiven because they won't be able to work if they're permanent disabled. you got to follow the guidelines. So you don't have to go and file Chapter 7 or Chapter 13 bankruptcy. The only time you really need to do that if you're able-bodied and able to work and make money. Chapter 13 is more of a restructuring of the debt where you still have to pay some of them off. Chapter 7 means that all the debt is wiped away with except for the student loans you have special conditions that you could apply for that and hope that they will take off the debt based on a hardship. But now, that's not an easy road. So some people have you know, tried to do that. And from what I understand, about 40% of people who do it actually get it. But remember, the consequences are you're going to have that negative thing on your credit for 10 years for filing bankruptcy. They did make it a little bit easier as far as with the debt because of COVID and everything, but it's not something that's magically gone away. And with most of the conditions, they'll give you, they give the uh, lenders three years to make a decision as to whether or not they're going to write off the debt or not. So you will have that waiting period. It's always best not to listen to TikTok, not to listen to YouTube, but to go to the source and read the documentation from the entity that actually runs it. A lot of you people are hung up on Wikipedia. If you're trying to go and use Wikipedia in college, I guarantee you more than likely the instructor is not going to accept that as a source. So don't cite Wikipedia because it can be changed very easily. Somebody can go and open an account, go into there and change the very same thing that you stood by in your thesis or in your dissertation and make you look like a fool. Don't do it. All right. Now at 45, you're trying to get as much debt down as possible. And the reason being the savings that you're going to get from paying off the debt is what you're going to go and put forward into your retirement because you're going to need that money desperately. 
because by the time you retire, the value of the dollars that you have worked for would have changed. So that money would go a lot faster in retirement than it did while you were working. Then you're going to be looking at a fixed income. Now, here's where some people, when they get into their 60s, they run into a dilemma. Some want to do reverse mortgages where you're literally renting your house and you're taking equity out of it in order to survive, while others will have it in a situation where they um, may have an empty nest and they don't need that big house no more, so they'll sell it. And they'll move into an apartment or something of that sort where the maintenance is low. They don't have to worry about fixing the roof, fixing this, carrying an extra warranty on the house. And they may want an easier way of living. It depends on how you want to go into your retirement years. So this is the scope of where you could go. Possibilities. What we're going to talk about next is some of the things you need to look for in a partner before you make any kind of commitment. Blonde Star Emergency, this is Steve. Is there an emergency in your vehicle? Oh my God, oh my God. I've locked myself in my car and the keys are on the outside. Ma'am, oh ma'am, I need you to calm down. Okay, it's, it's just that the windows are rolled up and I'm starting to sweat. My keys are on the outside. Now, your keys are on the outside of the vehicle? Yes, oh my God. Now, does your car have automatic locks or... Uh, yes, 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 okay, yes. here's what I need you to do. Take hold of the inside of your door handle there. Are you doing this? Um, the shiny thing. Grab the oh, shiny thing. Uh, okay, I've got it. I've got it. Okay, now give that a tug. Okay. Did it open? Yes. Oh, my God. Thank you. Okay, now what is that noise? Oh, that's not door alarm. Yeah, but that only happens if the keys are in the ignition, hun. Oh, my God. You know what? Your keys are actually in your ignition. Yes. Okay. Oh, my God. Thank you. Right. Now, when it comes to choosing a partner, certain things you need to look for. I was on a date years ago with a lady, and she was prodded and Gucci'd out big time. And we ordered food at the restaurant, had a nice view of the beach, nice evening. And in the middle of the conversation, she says, well, she says, I got to enjoy this. I'll be eating top ramen later on this week. Really, what's going on? These bills. Her priorities were skewed. What she had on was worth about maybe seven, eight thousand dollars. She was living beyond her means. She opened her purse to leave the tip. I told her not to worry about it. In her purse, I saw nothing but credit cards, lined all the way up on one side and the other in a wallet. I said to myself, not on your life. She had a nice Lexus. Very nice lady. Wearing uh, Van Cleef and Arpels perfume. At about 600 bucks a bottle. But see, the problem was. This was what made her feel good. 
She used to be in a relationship where a man was able to afford that for her that she was married to. And she was still trying to hobble along until she could find another man that could put her in that same status. And she says, well, you know, I probably need to go to Dollar Tree and get this and Dollar Tree and get that. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying, okay, you're at this level and you're talking about Dollar Tree, you're talking about, and you know, she's trying to be down to earth now. And what it came down to, she was looking for someone to help finance her lifestyle. Wasn't me. You run across people like this. And ladies, some of you run across men like that. Oh, they have the nice car. They only want to take you to the motel. Reason why is because their place looks like a shack. Or they have roommates out the ass. But outside of that environment, oh, they are it. They want to spend your time, spend this time over your place. You have to watch that. Now, let's be practical. I've always said this. What you're concerned with is just to get with someone who could pay their own bills and budget. That's all you need. Forget about the six-figure man. Forget about the high-value man. Just concentrate on that. Same thing for you guys. I've had people ask me for rent money on the first date. And they had no shame, no compunction, nothing. They asked me straight up. Then they had no use for me after I said no. Because they were expecting what they've had in the past. When men would just go because they were fine and because they were hooked up. Your maintenance costs, ladies, your hair, your nails, all of those stuff, all that stuff should be taken care of by you. That man should not have to spend a dollar for that because of one thing. You wanted all that shit on your body. Fellas, a woman that's trying to shame you for not doing it, she's not worth it. Because, see, if she was, guess what she'd be able to do? Afford it herself. When a woman can afford to take care of herself, when she can afford to take care of her own bills, that's a start. And some of you realize that that's not as easy as they try to make it to be. Because they act like they can pay their own bills, and then you find out that's not the case. But it all depends on their priorities. If their priorities are messed up, they're messed up. Things you want to avoid as well. Someone that's signing on to a major debt on behalf of someone else. What do I mean by that? So I took myself out of the dating market for a short period of time because I was taking on a lot of debt when my mother was ill that the insurance companies wouldn't pay. So it fell on my shoulders. I wasn't going to put anybody else through that. And I had to make the sacrifices and pay those bills off. And you have to learn how to take yourself out of the dating pool when you're not financially ready. Now, here's the thing. A person who is taking on a lot of debt and they're going to be consumed with it, such as taking care of parents, that kind of thing, until insurance kicks in or something of that sort, you got to weigh the odds there. 
Is that something that you would like to get involved with? Is there an end to that at some point? I went out with a lady one time and she tried to drop some hints. She was going to put her mother in assisted living. Well, that place was like $4,900 a month. Well, she didn't make close to $4,900 a month. And she made the comment, well, I got to find me a partner that's going to help me pay these bills. And the bill she was talking about was for her mother in assisted living. Oh, and she tried by taking me up there to meet her. She's a very nice lady. But what the daughter didn't realize was that she really could not afford that. Even though she wanted the best for her mom, it was out of the scope of her being able to pay for that, her rent, the medication for her mom, and all the rest of the stuff. Because insurance companies itemize on what they're going to pay and what they're not. And sometimes your parents may not have the money put aside that they need in order to be taken care of. So this is a big concern to people. You come in there taking on debt. Child support payments. Some of you ladies have written in about helping this man pay his child support payments. What the hell is wrong with you? Love and dick can't be that thick really have to back it up and really look at that and reevaluate yourself. Is that your job? When it comes down to helping your partner, when you're in a relationship, there should be acknowledgement for that help. And that person should make compromises just like you had to make compromises. And some people should humble themselves. But there's some that don't. And they feel as though they could be just as indignant because they expect you to do what you've done for them out of kindness and generosity. They expect you to do that by default. Because that's what they've been accustomed to, stepping over people. So you have to have your boundaries. Another challenge, and I've seen this happen before. It happened to a friend of mine. He got with a woman and both of her parents died with no life insurance. And she was leaning on him to go into his 401k because she didn't have any money. She was totally busted to help her pay for the funeral and she was going to pay him back. He foolishly did it. After the funeral, she broke up with him, said, well, I'm going to pay you back. He had to wind up taking her to small claims court to get the money back. You know, folks, you have to be very careful when it comes down to making decisions to be with someone. You have to assess them as well on personal responsibility. If a person only tells you they're making $1,400 a month and they could pay their own bills, I would take a woman that makes $1,400 a month that could pay her own bills and be responsible than to take a woman who makes $150,000 a year and is always 
paying late fees and being in the arrears. Because it's about their priorities. Because see, all of that shiny glitter shit, that's gonna go away. And you gotta deal with the reality of it. Other things you look for, how do they cope with stress? Do they go shopping and just blow money for the hell of it? Oh, I've dated one of those before. Yeah, when I get upset and stressed out, I just go get my credit card and I go to Neiman Marcus. Then she goes and buys the shit and then want to go and return it. Or they get so upset that they'll go to the casino and blow their whole paycheck, as I see regularly here in Vegas. Waiting for that win. They can always tell you how much they won. They can ne never tell you how much they've lost. That's not important. They want to be the winner. They want to identify with success, not failure. And so you have to deal with that. And what does that mean you have to deal with? Emotional stability. How emotionally stable is the person? Because that could work against you. I had a friend of mine one time that went out and bought a truck out of the clear blue. Never talked about doing it. He and his wife were having disputes because she was cleaning up the mess he made financially. And he saw this truck that he can get with no money down. Brand new Dodge at the dealership. He pulled that car into the driveway and it was Vietnam. His wife was, I, I thought she was going to do a roundhouse kick on his ass. She got the credit cards paid off, all the other debt paid off, and he comes out with this, all because he felt bad about himself. It was a way to make him feel better. Shopping is not therapy, folks. You have to do it in moderation, just like everything else. I tell you about the time I went over to this woman's house on the first date. She insisted on cooking for me instead of us going out. And I sat there at the table. And to my right, there was a whole bunch of bills. Southern California Edison, Southern California Gas. Had a big-ass rubber band around it. And they had the pink slips in there. I didn't make mention of it. Acted like I didn't see it. After I left, she called me up, cussed me out. You saw those damn bills on my table, and you never once asked about them. It wasn't my problem. That's your lifestyle. You chose that. And, of course, she tried to hit me on my masculinity. If you were any kind of man, how the hell am I going to be any kind of man? I just met your ass. There's no way in the hell I'm going to thumb through your mail. Ain't no way in the hell I'm going to even look at paying that. I got to pay my own bills. You have some people who think that is okay. And it all depends on how they're exposed to debt. How they're exposed to priorities. You'll find a person who never had shit. 
when they think they can get it, oh my God, they're going to try to hang on to that lifestyle no matter what. But here's the thing. The person knows who knows how to, okay, they may blow it and may wind up on their ass financially. But if they know what they did wrong, remember what they did wrong, and go and try to go forward avoiding that mistake and avoiding the tendencies that led them to that, they learn their lesson. Most of the people are going to screw their credit up before they're 30. So when you hear women guys talk about they want a man with a 720 credit score, walk away. Even if you have a 720 or higher, walk away. More than likely, she may not have it. Because she has to bring it up, that right there is a red flag. I've had women to ask me that. What's your credit score? And they had the most fucked up credit I ever saw in my life. They're driving a buy here, pay here car. They're paying rent and cash because they had fucked the credit up so bad. They're using the lights in the kid's name and the damn cable in another child's name. Ruining those kids' lives before they even had a shot. That's the whole thing. Only thing you should ask for is for them to be able to pay their own bills, both men and women. Now, if you're going out on a date, if the guy invites you on a date, that's on him. Bar none. You shouldn't even have to carry any money. But I recommend, ladies, you carry money to get your ass home and to pay for a meal. Never go home, never go on a date broke. It's okay if you both have paid all your bills and you're trying to share 80 bucks together. You got 40, she has 40. That's okay. Because guess what? The expectation's been set. The two of you are going to work together and try to get the best deal you both can. That's a bonding moment. But you're running to a lot of people, especially women, that are saying, oh, you broke hell now, uh-uh. You don't have to deal with it. Because, see, you're responsible enough to pay your debts. You have a course as to how you're going to go and do this. You're going to reach those milestones where you get one credit card paid or one bill paid or one student loan paid or whatever. And it puts you on a direct trajectory to where you want to go. A lot of you guys will waste a lot of money on dates, as I've always told you. Be very careful about the money you spend. Make sure it's worth it. Make sure the person's worth that you're spending it on. Well, they're going to think they're worth it, but you need to have an assessment on whether or not it's worth it as well. We'll talk more in a moment. Don't ever let them see you sweat. 
I was told that by an old judge after a trial that I had one time. What had happened was everything was going great. I had my client on the witness stand. She was doing an excellent job of testifying about every issue in the case. The other lawyer got up to cross-examine my client. And when she did, she pulled out pictures of my client with another man. My client had been having an affair. She told me she wasn't. She lied to me. I was taken aback by that. I, I threw my arms up. I looked at her. I was so angry at, at her for not telling me the truth. And I knew that was going to damage her case. And it did. The judge ruled against me in that case. But after trial, he called me up to the bench. He said, Mr. Richter, let me talk to you for a second. You are a young lawyer. And this was years ago when I was a young lawyer. You need to understand that you cannot let them see you sweat. When something happens that doesn't go your way, you got to be stoic. You can't let them see you sweat. It's good advice. Now, one thing you can also do to help you with your college, you could join the military. Um, I would recommend Air Force, Navy, or Army. Marines, yes, they do offer college courses. You have to put money away for it. They used to have a thing called the Veterans Education Assistance Program, but in certain branches, they will actually pay for you to go to school, pay for you to go to college, re-enlist, and you come out an officer so forth. Might want to check that out. Now, another thing too, a lot of you fellas will take these women out when you really can't afford to. Be honest and upfront with her and tell her, hey, you know what? I'm in between paydays. If you are, and that's going to give you an indicator of what she thinks about you. More than likely, guess what she's going to do if you met her on a dating app? She's going to cancel you and go on to the next person. Probably never call you again. Probably unmatch you. Block you. But that's okay. Because she would have been a liability anyway. So why bother? You haven't lost anything with that. And get out of the mindset of thinking that you have to prove your manhood by paying for something or buying something that's ridiculous or over the top. Mm -mm. You don't have to do all that. You want a woman who wants to have a nice time, share nice things with you, but is also considerate. Someone who's going to say, hey, you know what? We ain't got to spend all that money. We could do this. Or let's go here because we'll get more value with what we spend. That's somebody that's looking out for you. And I always tell you about the women with the coupons. Don't diss them. Be thankful they're there. Honey, I got a coupon. Let's go here for tea. Use that to your advantage. And understand that she's being considerate of you. She's contributing. Now, another thing too, fellas, that you'll probably notice. Entitled women will not thank you for the date. Have you ever noticed that? Some of you have gone out with women, spent lavishly on them. Oh, had a wonderful time. Take care. I'll call you tomorrow. They didn't say, oh, thank you for taking me out. Didn't even come across their mind. The reason being they're so accustomed to doing this with men that some actually feel as though they're doing you a favor by going out with you. 
Ladies, there are some guys that are assholes who will literally itemize everything on that date and try to get their money back from you. Please don't deal with them. This is the guy that's telling you what you can and can't eat on the menu. Fellas, when you invite a woman out on a date, you should have enough money to cover anything on that menu she wants. Or none. If you think you'll fall short, before you guys go on that date, you tell her what you guys have that you could spend. It will help you. It won't embarrass you. Another thing too, guys, a lot of you young dudes do this. You go on a date, tell the girl you lost your wallet. I don't know how many times I heard this lie. It's just like the busted condom lie. And what happens, condoms are busted, right? As if there would not be a product liability lawsuit for so many condoms that have busted from what I've heard. And by the way, guys, never accept a condom from a woman. Always bring your own. Don't let them sit in your pocket so long until they start looking like the O-ring in the back of your wallet. I've seen that happen where this dude was standing there and he had an O-ring in his back pocket of his blue jeans. That condom had been in that damn pocket so long until the jeans started having an O. The wallet had an O. You don't want to do that. Reason why you want to bring your own condoms, fresh pack of condoms, because there are women out there that will punch pinholes in the condom in order to get pregnant. And you have to watch how you dispose of them too, especially if she's really into you more than you're into her. There have been women that have extracted condoms out of the damn trash can and put the contents inside of them, trying to get pregnant. Things you gotta watch. Don't let her trick you into going in her raw. I put it this, put it to you this way. You put your dick in a woman raw, the first thing that should come in your head are child support payments. A picture of a baby should come in your head the minute you go in there. Be in there, hell no, you pulling out and putting that rubber on. I'm just telling you. Coffee dates, ice cream parlor dates, pizza parlor dates, best first dates. Because you're just meeting each other, it's a meet and greet. And in that way, if you guys don't have any chemistry, you didn't lose too much, you guys go your separate ways, you go on, prepare for your next date. She doesn't have to worry about the obligation of him trying to go and try to get some nookie or whatever. Nookie, that's an old ass word. You know, he's not trying to get that. You don't have to worry about it, ladies. Because he only spent a few dollars. Now, fellas, there are some women out there that understand the game. They wanted you to take them out to this five-star restaurant or lavish restaurant. And some of these women don't mind sleeping with you. But now keep this in mind. They might expect you to do that on the regular. 
there's some women out there that will actually have their standard. Oh, before we go out, we got to go to this restaurant or that restaurant. You got to spend this or that. If they give you a cap on how much you need to spend on them before they would even think about you, man, please walk away from that shit. Ladies, if you're dealing with a guy that's constantly complaining about his financial situation and he's always wanting you to pay for something, uh uh-uh, you don't do that. And let me tell you, some of you young ladies who do this, when you will pay for the man when he's broke or in between paydays, let him know, okay, this one's on me, but you're taking me out next time and it's on you. And let me tell you, if he doesn't set that up for you, you don't need me to give him the time of day didn't return the favor right off as a loss now there's some women that literally will not spend any money on a man no matter what the situation entails may 13th 2021 liberal black men are so disappointing As a 28-year-old black woman who graduated from college and has a very good job and career, it is a damn shame that the sorry-ass black men don't educate themselves and think that a black woman like myself would want them. Dawson, I am not a fan of your show, but I do agree with your feelings on education and on interracial dating. I will never waste my time dating another black man again. Now if you read this on air, please don't mistaken me for being one of those angry black women that's got to have the last word. I cannot stand those bitches either, they ruined the reputation of black women and black people in general. The best thing that ever happened to me was getting away from the black community so that can be more objective about how dysfunctional it is. Unlike you I am a conservative Republican who sees the so-called black community used only for their vote while that so-called community is run by a lot of uneducated out-of-shape fat single mothers that are totally irresponsible for their children's upbringing. I hate to watch the news because if anything is related to the black community they have to go find the most ghetto and ignorant woman or man they could. I came from a single parent household in Chicago and my own sorry ass family declined to do better. In any case, why don't you gear your show into a more conservative direction? In 2020 24% of black men supported Trump and 6% of black women supported him also. In 2024 those numbers will double. Save your show now and quit pandering to those white liberal slave masters. I am engaged to a very affluent white conservative man and when a black man gives me a dirty look I smile. Nasha, Annapolis, Maryland. Okay, Nasha. Let's play this stupid game. First of all, you will never have any influence on how the show is constructed or run. Let's just make that abundantly clear. If advertisers can't do it, you damn sure won't be able to, my dear. You're suffering from what I call BAS. Black Astronaut Syndrome. What that means is that you get to a point in life where you're so frustrated with people in the black community that you want to be 
that astronaut, the first person to get away, so he can look back at the Earth and criticize the people on it. That's what you do. So you want to have this objective view of the black community. Okay, you got that. You stated your point. Now what? This makes you feel better to cut other people down. Now, you pointed out some pretty interesting things that are true, such as 24% of black men did support Trump in 2020. 6% of black women supported him as well. Now, as far as the numbers doubling, I don't know about that. That's speculative for 2024. But let's unpackage a few things here. You notice I didn't say unpack, I said unpackage. Because, see, what you try to do is present this thing as a package about how well you have everything together. Let's break it down. You're talking about liberal black men. And I would like for you to define that first. Generalization, right? Just like Bass is a generalization. But here's the problem for a person like you. You have to put down other people in order to feel better about yourself. See, you could have just said that, hey, you know what? I'm a conservative black woman and I'm happy with my new life. Now, I'm not going to script what you could say because, of course, you could say whatever you want. But you made it a point to bring in African-American men that you want to distance yourself from the African-American female and then you want to talk about the white liberal slave masters now you're hitting on talking points of course that the Republican Party would want you to do but the thing is some of those are very truthful here's the problem for you though you're very pompous and you're not offering a solution to problems that you point out. You're still angry that you grew up in poverty in Chicago and your family didn't follow you. You have to understand one thing. They don't have to. For you to sit there and get frustrated with a community of people in the United States because of their behavior, you're a damn fool. Let me tell you something. When it came down to community uniformity in the African-American community, I gave up on that when I was a child. Because what you have are factions. That's the way it's going to be. Just like every other aspect of our society. People that can think for themselves. And there won't be this group think. Never will be. And the reason being, there's no need for it because we have our personal freedoms to think as we will. What do you think I made your show? This show is not a black show. It's not a white show. It's my show. And I did that specifically for a reason. So that everybody can enjoy some of the things that I have to share. This show will never be a conservative talking point show. It will never be a liberal talking point show. 
I will point some facts out according to statistics when it relates to race, gender, and behavior. Because statistics don't have a color and the statistics don't lie and they don't have feelings. You made it a point to also say about being a white man. I guess that's your catalyst in life. Let me tell you something. I'll put it to you this way and put it frankly. That may be an achievement for you because your self-esteem was so low that at some point that was it. I dated white women when I was in Mississippi as a teenager. There's nothing grandiose about the color. It's about the person. The person is far more important than the package. That package that you just brought to my doorstep. So, here's what I tell you. You're happy with your life, you're frustrated with the black community, we get it. Now what? And besides, you said you weren't a fan, but you listened anyway. And I appreciate your listenership, and please keep listening because we need more females listening to the show. You know, uh, the last stats that we had on the show, and this gives me a good segue to talk about this, before the URL change, which was by accident, folks, we were in pretty good shape because we had about 41% female and about 55, 56% male listeners. Since we restarted up, of course, we're still waiting for the stats to come in, but it looks like we have more male listeners. But we're going to tighten up the content and get things a little bit better this time around. In any case, man, what I'm telling you, to get back on you for a second, just because you have low self-esteem, just because you felt frustrated with the black community and now you have your little piece of paper called a degree, don't think for a moment that you're better than anyone else. Because I'd hate to disappoint you, dear, really. But a bachelor's degree, mm, I know more people with masters than you probably know with bachelors. Because you're talking to one that has a master's. So, my advice to you, it's okay to free, freely give your opinion. But to cut other people down, you really need to grow up. Because that's a childhood trait that you carry with you in your adult life. And you still look like that kid who's trying to be liked and trying to be approved by white folks. But who wants to turn their nose up to the people that look just like them. Black folks. And even though you think you're better than they are, you're trying to persuade us. Just like you did me in this email. Trying to persuade me. Have a nice life, lady.
I would like to personally thank you for listening to Romantic Truth. You may follow us on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. You may ask your friends to subscribe to Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth. Or you can leave us a message at Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth backslash message. You may contact us through email at RomanticTruthPodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.